Career Disruptors is the podcast for senior managers who are not afraid to challenge the status quo, who challenge assumptions, and who push the boundaries and love shattering conventional wisdom. I'm coach Caroline DeKimper, empowering professionals to build a personal brand that gives them the confidence they need to go after the career they want and deserve. This episode is the audio recording of a video or live stream because I know that many of you just love to listen to the juicy content. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello guys, it's Caroline and Rachel today. Uh, I'm the career coach and Rachel is the performance and mindset coach. So we're here today to talk a little bit about what's stopping people to reach career success. And this goes um, from career success when you're in a job or when you're looking for a new job. So we um, we have combined all our experience and we have like distilled it down to the three common blocks that we see and how to overcome them. So let's dig into today's topic, Rachel. Yeah. So fabulous. where do you want to start? Yeah, fabulous. I think it'd be great if we could just for each block touch on what it is, touch on a few ways that they present themselves or the ways it presents itself, and then maybe offer a reframe other ways that you can look at it and that you can work your way through it. And then if we have time, we might even visit a few ways you might address it with EFT tapping or some of the tools that we talked about in prior sessions as well. Perfect. Brilliant. So um, I see a lot of blocks, but what are the three most common ones? Like which ones should we pick? So the three that have come to mind for me today as I've been reflecting on this have been first just the idea that um, your experience or your skills need to be an absolutely perfect match or damn near close match for the thing that you want, whether that's a new job or a project or a promotion, partnership, you name it, it doesn't have to be only a job, right? Um, that one is super, super common. And I'm sure that, you know, you've seen, maybe you have seen this uh, meme about Kanye and his running for president. You know, it's a meme geared towards women. It says women apply for the job. So it's a gender thing, but I don't think it's entirely a gender thing because I do see that with males as male clients as well. Um, The second one for me that I had in mind was just this sort of myopic view of success and an over attachment to specific outcomes, really wanting things to progress linearly and to know that you are making progress by by attaining very specific results. If you don't attain those results, you feel discouraged and you think maybe you'll never get there. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Third, the last one is like really prevalent right now. And that's just allowing circumstances outside of yourself to dictate your behavior and dictate your approach, ultimately discouraging you and preventing you from from putting your best foot forward or from doing as much as you could be doing in order to advance your goals. Yeah. So on the first one, I have, I'm a big advocate of, of really busting that uh, that block because mm-hmm. I see it all the time. And uh, we talked a little bit about gender, but I see mm-hmm. it with uh, women so much more often than with mm-hmm. my male clients. Mm-hmm. The difference in approach is that if uh, a research even like indicated, if women see a job ad and they don't fit 70% uh, of uh, or 100, 200% of of the job ad they won't apply mm-hmm. but a, a, a guy if he fits 70 percent, he would apply for for the job and that's often mm-hmm. a difference in terms mm-hmm. of like how confident uh that that mm-hmm. you are and how mm-hmm. unapologetic how uh, how 
how self-assured you are in your own skills mm -hmm. and what you can do. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go for it. So I see that all the time that it's holding back a lot of people that uh, kind of are insecure about uh, about their skills and what they can can contribute to an organization. The great irony too is that as we talk about this mindset stuff, a solid chunk of why anybody ends up in a role is because of their confidence and because of what they project and because of their personality and because of who they are and how um, comfortably they're able to present themselves, yeah. right? Like as somebody who works in recruiting, you can say for certain that it's not completely true, right? Like you do not need to be 100% match. That's actually yeah. categorically false. No, exactly. Because basically you, you have what it takes if you have already like the basics and the foundation. Uh, you don't have to have 100% match in the skills because you want to be in an opportunity that stretches you to the next level. You don't want to do a job that's exactly the same that you have been doing the last mm -hmm. five to 10 years. So you want to take that next level. And organizations understand that, but we, as we go to, through the interview phase, and it even starts on, on, on writing our resumes for, for job applications, mm -hmm. um, we are not confident. It's like, oh yeah, I've only done that one time, or mm -hmm. I've only done that two times. It's like, who cares? One yeah. time or two times, how many times do you want to have done it before you claim that you actually have the skills and experience to do it? Yeah. It's so funny that people are just like uh, holding themselves back because they think like um, I was talking to another client actually yesterday and she was like the, the work we're, we're doing with her. She says like now I realize that I'm already on the level that I didn't think I was ready for because I always thought like, oh, I need experience in an ASX listed company. I need to have the same experience that I've already have in another company before I go for that. But she said, now I realize that that's not true. I can already go for those company, companies and those roles. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's a big one. We really struggle to see ourselves clearly, first of all, all of us, men and women alike. Um, but the other thing is that when you're thinking about a job through that lens of like, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have the other thing, you're making it all about you. And actually, like anytime you're out to, um, you know, win a contract or win an engagement, get a job, um, sell somebody something, ultimately, all they care about is them, right? Yes. <laughs> they want to have filled and the problems yeah. they're trying to solve for. So I yeah. believe that any applicant can make themselves immediately interesting to an employer if they're able to demonstrate how clearly they understand the employer's problems or the yes. client's problems, whoever, whoever it is, right? It so, is so much so often and that brings me back even to um like people that have been outside uh, out of the work workforce they, their confidence uh slips away and they think like oh my god um, i i have to take a step back i have been i'm unemployable basically because it's been too long and there it's not true it's about what you say it's about like if you can solve the problem the other person has that is invaluable yes. and i always compare it to and i know maybe the analogy is not the best but uh that's what's been told to me it's like if you have shoulder pain and you go to doctors and they can't fix it and you go you have top people looking at it and you keep on having pain and at a certain moment you're walking down the street and a homeless person touches your shoulder and it cures you you don't care what his credentials are he solved your problem that's all you care about yes. 
So, yeah. so it's like credentials are good, experience is good, but once the, the, the key part is understanding the problem that you can solve for the other person. So it's about them. It's not all, all about you. No, definitely, definitely agree. That's how I actually made my biggest career transition. And I made my career transition not only from being in um, brand strategy and in the marketing space into product management and a really solid role within the tech industry, um, but I did it after spending nearly a year unemployed and out of the workforce um, and it, it I certainly didn't simply submit my resume online in a cover letter about what I had done as a brand strategist I did research into each of the companies that I was applying to and I really got to understand you know the goals of the company the goals of the team that I was applying to the product itself and then I was able to craft a pitch that was all about them and very yeah. little, more about my thinking and my ideas Oh, uh, you are just like talking music. Do they say that? <laughs> talking music. <laughs> Something with music. It's like, it's, it's, it's so true. It's like people are focused all about their experience. And it's like, oh, we have done research into the company, into this job. And it's like, yeah, but that's not really the research you should do. You should understand the reason why they're hiring this role what do they try to achieve and mm. it's not a like like you said just by applying online sending your flicking your resume over in cover letter and uh pray to the gods that that, that, that it might happen it's about mm. going above and beyond and not making it about quantity but about quality and really thinking about your approach and that goes uh, hand in hand with diversifying your job search and thinking like okay how can i make a connections with with the hiring manager before i even start to just like sending out my resume to 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 be in a treadmill like of 300 other applicants that basically are applying for that role surefire way of doing it um, yes. Yeah, it's interesting. I think this plays out in a couple of ways as well. Like one of the most obvious ways is, of course, like the person just doesn't go for it. They simply choose some sidelines and to not yeah. the disappointment of rejection or failure or whatever the case may be. But it could also be that you go for it and you you sort of self sabotage anyway. You either give it the minimum possible effort and you just kind of assume it's a foregone conclusion, and so you submit your resume and you you don't do that research. You don't make any effort to stand out because you already think that um, it's not going to work out for you or oh, you yeah. like project this like false sense of hubris and confidence about yeah. it and maybe try to puff up your experience a little bit and that doesn't work either <laughs> no no it's yeah. all you're you're pretending that uh or not pretending yeah you you are pretending to to be not authentic and if you're not authentic people smell a copycat cat for, yeah. from far away so then it doesn't feel right or you actually just like uh, don't go for the for the role or the position or the promotion mm. in the in the in the first place. Mm. So how let's bring that back to mindset. Mm. So what is going on in the brain, yeah. Rachel? Yeah. So basically, like this is a really common limiting belief that a lot of us have installed, and it's it's the concept that I'm not good enough. In some way, I have shortcomings, and they are fatal, and they cannot be overcome. And so I'm going to just play it safe by not putting myself out there, by not going for what I really want in life. I am not enough. Um, 
And so some of us might, you know, for some people that's obvious, that might be the thought that's running through their head. But for other people, you really need to look at your response to your goals, right? And this ties back to what we were talking about in the first session, kind of checking what's really going on, what's beneath um, the way you're responding to things that you want. So if you read a job description, you immediately feel this shrinking feeling of, oh, I don't have these qualifications, I'm not going to bother. Um, or it could be a subtler indicator, like maybe you are researching a company that you really want to work for or a client that you really want to work with and you're looking at everybody who works for them and you're seeing their amazing credentials or their amazing titles and you're thinking, oh, like everybody I'm here not there yet. X, so I, should, I, I don't belong there, right? Um, yeah. There's a few different ways that it can manifest and what's going on is just you don't feel good enough. And that is kind of like a root issue. Um, I would posit stems from a lot of people's childhood experiences that would be well worth exploring in depth at some point if you would like and you are able. But in the meantime, in the here and now, the most important thing tactically is just to do what we're saying and to focus on the other person, to deliver value and to get yourself out of your own way. So if you are finding that you don't want to approach the thing, you don't want to sit down and write the application, you don't want to write the email or make the phone call or whatever the case may be, yeah. you could do a couple of rounds of tapping on that using EFT just to kind of clear out the momentary anxiety that you're feeling around the phone call, around the application. So it might be something like, even though I don't want to do this, really just that simple, even though I don't want to do this, it makes me mm -hmm. angry. It makes me feel whatever. And then you go and you tap on all the points being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this for several rounds, maybe two to three. Yep. And usually after like two to three rounds, you'll feel a little bit, you'll feel relaxed and you'll feel a little bit more spaciousness and just openness to the thing that previously made you feel like mm, I, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. Right. Because yep. you don't do things that don't feel good. Um, and you have to exactly. Back to kind of circumventing that feeling. So and, and when you do this, it's important that you rate your your emotions or your willingness to do that before you even start. So you can have an idea about your progress and then you do the tapping and then you actually like rate again, like has it improved or where am I sitting at uh, at the moment? So I can see if I, 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 yeah, I made progress basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And you can always know if you like picture yourself doing the thing, if you picture yourself picking up the phone and calling that person you want to network with and you cringe, like, probably have a pretty high score and you might want to work on it. Yeah. And it's not only like how you feel like internally and, and think that oh, it's not going to show to other people. It's like what you said earlier, people actually can sense it and people are like it projects on people. So if you are um, like even talking in an interview or whatever or in a performance review or you pick up the phone to, 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 to sell yourself to another person and if you cringe by the idea, you're not going to project that confidence and you need that confidence because confidence is so attractive. Mm -hmm. Think about all the, the leaders that we know, whether or not we like them or not, doesn't matter, but leaders have like charisma. Mm -hmm. They they, they stand for something. They're very clear and very confident in what they, they believe in. And so you have to channel, find a way to channel your, your confidence and, and express that. And tapping um, on that is absolutely a brilliant way of dealing with that. Another good way of doing that, too, is just to ask yourself, what would I do if I were confident? 
What would I do if I were a great fit for this role? What would I do if I were overqualified? Then how would I in the interview? And you can sort of role play a little bit and try to take on this alternate persona, just imagining what it would be like if you were actually feeling like you were more than qualified for the thing it is that you're going for. Yeah, what the difference is and if there is actually a difference between, because often it's a perception that you think like, oh, there is a difference, but is there really a difference and is a difference big enough for you to hold yourself back? Yeah. De definitely. Yeah. So what's the second one, Rachel, again? Yeah. <laughs> the second one I, I had come up with was just being really attached to specific outcomes. Um, yeah. And this goes part and parcel with thinking that there has to be a perfectly linear, neat, clean path to success. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me in the past, this might have been, okay, I want to have this particular role at this type of company. And so I would focus all of my energy into doing my current job well, right? You know, checking the boxes there and, 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 and getting that experience, right? But then my only other growth activity would really be applying for that specific job, that specific company that I wanted to get into or networking with people around that, that thing, right? Yeah. So myopic, I think back about, there were so many career opportunities that I um, let fall by the wayside because I didn't see their connection to the specific thing I wanted. And I had so many opportunities to open the field of possibility if I would have come from more of a spirit of curiosity and what will happen if I do this and maybe just doing things, creating, creating content or connecting with people for the sake of it rather than have yeah. a specific outcome in mind. Yes, because you are so set, you don't see other opportunities like opening up or presenting themselves. Yeah. And um, that goes in in everything. Like uh, one of my clients or one of the clients in the group mm -hmm. uh, is so, was, was so set in like, okay, I have to meet people and they have to only be I'm only not going to be nice. Of course, you're going to be nice, but I'm only mm -hmm. interested in talking to them if if there is a job mm -hmm. or if there's an opportunity for me or if they work in a company that I'm interested in. So really neglecting all the other uh, opportunities. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because then I have another client who has that natural curiosity and just talks to everybody mm -hmm. uh, just out of interest. And then she met uh, a school mom who was just a stay-at-home mom, but her husband mm -hmm. was working in one of the companies that she wanted to target. And mm -hmm. so she got the It's like... It's so amazing if you if you come from a place of that natural curiosity instead of forcing things and saying like this needs to happen this way and I'm only going to talk to these people if they are uh, qualified yes. basically. So many of the best opportunities are unforeseen, right? Yeah. You need to allow room for serendipity. So my personal yeah. example, when I moved to London, um, I didn't know that many people there and uh, I joined Bumble, but I used Bumble Biz because I wanted to make professional friends. I was working yeah. remotely uh, for a distributed company, so I had no teammates there either. I could kind of just bounce yeah. around the city all day long and feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I joined Bumble Biz because I wanted to meet other professionals and sort of yeah. um, make friends. What is Bumble Biz? Sorry, Rachel, my like no, probably dating app. Dating app. That's the core. <laughs> And they have it's like Tinder. Tinder. Is it like Tinder, right? It's just like Tinder. You swipe. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not on the dating scene anymore. I speak that like it's completely obvious. I have plenty of experience. Um, but yeah, so Bumble, so Bumble has a business feature and they also have a friend feature. But I actually went for the business feature with the intention of just meeting people, right? I wanted to yeah. meet people um, who would have common interests, right? Like people who are in the working world. And um, through that experience, I actually met one of my first ever coaching clients. <laughs> you know, we went to coffee because we wanted to talk about the work that I did in my day job. And then we ended up finding all these commonalities between um, what he was doing and what I was doing as a coach. And it just made so much sense. So I wasn't looking for it, but it ended up being one of like, the most fruitful connections that I've made. I had such a good time with that whole experience in general. It is. And so many, and, and on that point, even like, I'm going to make it very practical for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, people always ask me, like, how do I convert my uh, LinkedIn connections into mm-hmm. really like that they refer me for a job? Mm-hmm. It's like, be interested and add value to the other person. Yes. Don't talk about you. This mm-hmm. is the worst thing you can do is connecting mm-hmm. with people and like, do you have a job? Mm-hmm. Do you have an opportunity for me? It's like, nobody's like, wanting and waiting for you they don't know you build a relationship and that's quite an interesting thing because everybody knows how to build relationships like we do it like most people we work with in the group are senior managers so they have stakeholder manager uh, management they know how to get that trust be likable they know how to do that but Mm -hmm. in the job search or in your career people are just like socially awkward i will call it they're just like oh what do i do i don't know what i do (laughs) i want to do but yes it's like having that curiosity so like how can we shift that mindset Mm -hmm. i think that there's a couple things underneath this one um the first is just um a desire for speed right (laughs) like there's some sort of um this need for outcomes and need for outcomes in a certain time frame um puts an undue amount of pressure on us. Um, And I think that it can blind us actually to what our true values are. So I would first really gut check, you know, why are you pursuing the thing you're pursuing in the first place? And be honest with yourself. Like, is it just because it's the next logical step in your career? Is it because you want to earn more money? No shame in that. But is it because you want to look good? Um, What are you really seeking to satisfy? And then ask yourself, are there not other ways that this could be satisfied? Right. Like you might be looking for a job at a big multinational company so that you'll have more travel opportunities. But maybe that could be equally satisfied through a company that offers more generous time off or that offers flexible working as a standard part of the package. Right. Um, so so there's so there's a speed and a tenacity for achieving our goals that is just like it's 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 driven by um, I believe it's driven a little bit by the way where we're brought up to perform to kind of hit the mark and to get the A grades and to um, seek this validation or approval that comes in a very uh, factory format right yeah. but it's not about what's truly making us happy. And so first question, your why, question your motivation for wanting something and just approach things with a spirit of play and curiosity. Start to embody that and practice that and see what comes up, see what that opens up in your life. And I guarantee it will change your perspective on things. Yes. So um, is there another way that we, so if we can, if we frame it like that, but then we need to shift it. So another round of tapping or. Yeah. How I can, think the place where you most need to shift this is when it comes to being disappointed by an outcome, right? When you don't yeah. get 
specifically the thing that you want. And so that's another really great use for tapping is often you'll be feeling disappointment, you'll be feeling dejected, defeated, you'll be making all these stories in your head about, you know, what that means about your future success. And so you can tap on that by saying something like, um, even though this rejection really stings, um, and it means, you know, this about me. Try to ask yourself, what story are you telling yourself? What does that mean about you? What does it mean about your success? Even though, even though. I feel like a loser. I feel unworthy. Yeah, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I'm sick of this. It's never going to happen, whatever the case may be. And then use those phrases and tap through on those. I was rejected. It's so disappointing. I'm so frustrated. Um, I'm sick of this. And again, I would start by measuring all the things that are going on, zero to 10, like how strong is your disappointment? How strong is your frustration? All of that and work through that and see how you go you can get down to it because i think actually also it's uh, about feeling desperate like mm-hmm. i can uh, i was watching the, the the news yesterday and a lot of people are in a situation where they feel like they're powerless they uh, have no control over what's happening and they're just like yeah. life is happening yeah. to them instead of they having any point of mm-hmm. of direction they just yeah. have to they've like yeah they and they feel desperate in terms of like they know the consequences they know this situation is not sustainable and they need to change it but how so i think like um having that and not coming from a place because it's very different when you how can you come from a place of curiosity when you're feeling Mm -hmm. desperation and a a sense like i need to do this to survive or Mm -hmm. like yeah like yeah absolutely ideally i would recommend you balance both right stay stay really um targeted and really focused with your specific goal if you're coming from a place where you're currently unemployed that's different right i think that if you're in a genuine place of need it's different and a very strategic laser targeted approach is definitely called for right and you need to get to a place of of greater security as soon as possible through whatever means possible and maybe that means bending some of your standards or your requirements it's up to you right But you can still always balance that with other activities, right? With just making genuine connections with people for the sake of it, for the sake of having a conversation, right? Or for maybe starting up a blog or starting up some kind of side project and sharing it on social media just for the sake of it. Or doing volunteering. Actually, you make such a good point. Um, um, There was, like, I worked with that client a while ago before Mm -hmm. you and I started working together. Mm -hmm. And um, he was in between jobs and he needed money. And instead of like having that complaining um, mindset and said like nothing is happening, he became an Uber driver for the time being. And in the meantime, he said like he was uh, um, uh, establishing his network and going to those events. And then he got a, a volunteering board position uh, where he could benefit and made make connections. So I I can see so in 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 practical terms how this could work is by what you said earlier is like how can this need be satisfied in another way mm-hmm. so if you say I'm in between jobs I need money now I need a job now okay how else can I make money rather than to have your ego say like no this is not beneath me i have a degree i have skills and experience and i understand that because mm-hmm. 
there's also a fine balance in, t in terms of your your worth. So and that's a whole different discussion that I not want to go into it now. But if if you said like it's just the money that I need, what other ways can I earn money and the basics? And what else, what else can I then do to have that curiosity and make those connections that I need to progress again? Yes. Yes, 100. So, I really separate those things as much as possible. But you really touched yeah. on something interesting there, which is the shame associated with doing that. For some people, yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow. The idea of being an Uber driver would make them feel um, would make them feel like they're failing. Would make them feel like, oh, but I have a, you know, I worked at Microsoft. <laughs> like that should never be the case. Yeah. find out, right? Um, exactly. What are my friends going to say if they come over? Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, yeah, I still haven't got a job. I'm just like driving. Like, and it's a projection of yourself and your ego rather than the judgment that they might make. It's how you let that impact you and what the meaning you attach to that by doing that. Yeah. Um, Every single person in your life sees you a different way, right? Like there's no single person who has the same perspective on you that you do. So you might as well have all control of trying to have some narrative that favors you or makes you feel good. Yes. You can't control the way people see you. It's that simple. No, exactly. You can't control them, but you can control how they make you feel. And mm -hmm. something I learned early on in, in, my, in my life is like, do never give people control about how you feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, because basically, like, don't give them the power. And, mm -hmm. and to be honest, it's not the magic bullet that you take. No. Like, oh, my God, now, now I'm just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rid of that. Of course not. And you fall in the trap and a new level is a new devil. So you constantly have to work on yourself. But like knowing that the the time you uh you recover or can shift your view becomes quicker and quicker and quicker the, the more you go on yes um and the more you do and the more success you attain as well the more you are going to hear um pushback right yes. or criticism or feedback right oh <laughs> definitely um, and you see that the, the higher up in the corporate ladder or the the uh, the the more you increase your visibility the more feathers you're going to ruffle um and and that is okay uh somebody else told me earlier on uh, in my career a mentor he said he said like the higher up you go and uh like yeah you will piss off people and they won't be all your friends and you have to be okay with that and believe me there were many tears <laughs> through my career of people that didn't like me and that actually just like and I was so upset because I took it personally it's like how, how the hell how can you not <laughs> yeah and if you're having this issue now wherever you may be yeah. in your career right just imagine yourself two or three levels from now Right, yeah. that you are ostensibly steering to. Imagine that yeah. version of you and what you'll be going through then, right? Yeah, exactly. And you also have like people that say like, okay, if that's the case, I don't want to step up. <laughs> it's like, no, that doesn't work like that neither. It's like it's not because you stay on the same level that you're you're protecting yourself. Like yeah. you you have to protect yourself from the inside out and just like be able to um accept certain choices that you're making and accept yourself and be like 
uh, very acceptance that you will be judged and that is okay like don't let it affect you even though it's easier said than done to be honest the other thing too is that you know just as our our um, self-concepts are sort of our own projections our own um, our own self-constructs um, other people's ways of viewing us are are through their own lens and through the things that they've grown up with and that they've learned so you know um, somebody who speaks very loudly in a room might really irritate somebody who yeah doesn't like uh, attention seekers for whatever reason. Um, and there's nothing you can do about that, right? Like you might not be doing anything all that offensive, but just by virtue of that person's value system and upbringing or, or what have you, they're going to be irritated by who you are as a person. And Exactly. You. And, and 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 that brings us back to actually the first point also about like not going for a role because you on the sell yourself or like not going for a promotion um, because basically if you see those people that brag about themselves that are extroverts and like are not ashamed or shameless about what they have achieved and pinch other people's ideas and so on yeah. often people say like I don't want to be like that and so what they do is they start really downplaying themselves mm -hmm. and they hope that um, their work and their hard work mm -hmm. will speak for itself. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of assume and people that know them, they know their reputation, but now they're on the job market. And mm -hmm. so they don't have that same reputation to carry through because mm -hmm. the other person in a new organization doesn't know them. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, how am I going to prove myself? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to sell myself. I assume and took my skills for granted. So I, I can't articulate that. And so I feel lost. And then you have a lot of competition and you just mm -hmm. go down, down, down. So it's like mm -hmm. a downward spiral. So yes, I have so much resistance to that. I used to have so much resistance to that myself. And I really think when it comes to selling yourself and feeling uncomfortable, um, demonstrating really like your value to other people, you need to know and you need to remind yourself that that is actually a fundamental, a critical component of basically every professional's job these yeah. days, right? Like we work in an increasingly fractured and flexible and fast moving job market. There's a lot less um, traditional career stability and a lot fewer linear paths to career success these days than there have been in the past. So you need to get really comfortable with being sort of an autonomous operator and treating yourself almost like you are your own company, right? And you are the representative of that company. And you need to have amongst your professional skill set the ability to convey your value and to communicate it and to ultimately yes. sell yourself. So it's just yes. it's just a com it's just a requirement for anyone to succeed in the professional world these days. And if you ever think about that, remind yourself, this is just about being good at my job, right? Yes. Better exactly. And it's necessary. And you, and you also have to, to um like honor yourself in the whole process because you worked bloody hard for where you are you made so many sacrifices sacrifices are often on your family or often on your friends and the people are close to you because you worked hard you prioritized your work so you made sacrifices so that's doing justice to yourself and actually having respect for yourself that you say like look actually I have done all this work to be at a certain mm -hmm. level and I'm going to own it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to own where I am and I'm mm -hmm. going to be proud because mm -hmm. otherwise uh, it's, I made all these sacrifices for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that is a shift that a lot of people also need to make is like uh, being true to themselves and to, to say mm -hmm. like, I, I didn't come 
here for nothing like this is what this is my 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 background and i have to actually own up to it and, and you don't have to brag about yourself and say like hey look at me i'm the best yeah. and blow your right. own trumpet but right. you can have find that that nice nice little ba balance so that's sorry to go on a tangent there <laughs> yeah i was excited because you talked about authenticity earlier too and you can do that in ways that feel authentic to you right you don't yeah. have to become the loud mouth who like gets on a stage and talks about their latest thing right or goes that's live on linkedin or youtube to talk about it right you can do it in your own way in a way that feels good yes you just have to be confident in the value and, and willing to speak to when the opportunity arises. De definitely, definitely. So what's the last point? We have one more block. I wanted to talk about context and circumstances outside ourselves, especially in light of everything that's going on, the economy being the place that it is, um, and how this manifests, right? There's a lot of defeatedness. Um, there is a lot of lethargy, there's a lot of procrastination, a lot of apathy, a lot of shrinking and downsizing over your goals because it's just yeah. not the right time. It's too it's hard. It's realistic, to Rachel. It's not realistic to, to want yeah. this in this economy. Yes. Yeah. All but these things. Yes, totally. And I'm not here to be, you know, in La La Land, like I am a realist, right? But you never have control about what's over what's going on outside of you. And you do always have 100% control over the way you feel about it, though, and the way you respond to it, right? Yeah. And so it's like the same thing as blocker number one. If you feel that you're unqualified for something, so you hold yourself back and you don't even go for it, well, that is then a foregone conclusion, right? You've already decided it. So yeah. if you are using the current context as an excuse or a reason to take it really slowly and to not do the things that you've been doing, first of all, I feel you because <laughs> I've been there certainly on certain days and there's something <laughs> for all of the anxiety and the collective stress, like that's real and that does make working hard. And yeah. I, I believe in the power of rest and I don't want to shame anybody for not doing enough by any means, but there yeah. has to be a balance as well, right? We do owe it yeah. to our to keep going and things aren't going to be this way forever right yeah. um, things are going to change and are going to shift and they say that you know the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the second best time is now right today yeah. so exactly that's just that's just kind of any note that i want to wrap on i think like you know it's a it's a call to resilience <laughs> because <laughs> You know, it doesn't feel good. It sucks. You might not be seeing a lot of results in the near term, but it's yeah. going to shift, right? And you can't always predict your success. You can't always yeah. see it coming. Yeah. Sometimes it is like it happens overnight. I I see that quite a lot, and I saw that in the GFC, and I saw that now. Um, so you have people that use the situation and what's going on and i'm not talking about i'm 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 generalizing here because of course you have exceptions and you have like certain situations but i see people that are looking at the outside and just blaming the the outside world mm -hmm. but if you would have taken all these circumstances away they would still have struggled to find a new job mm -hmm. because they they don't they can't sell themselves they they don't perform well in interviews they don't know how to open back doors to companies so they would still have struggled and so they use the the pandemic or what's going on in the world at the moment as like an amplifier to say like actually now there is actually outside reason instead of learning new skills and learning to pivot themselves so we, it's it's so funny. I spoke to uh, uh, it's not ha 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 funny, but <laughs> it's 
it is it's, it's interesting because i spoke to to a client the other day but we we all like saying that organizations need to pivot um universities need to pivot and like a lot of like industries need to pivot and think differently to survive but we're not thinking differently about ourselves. We're not pivoting mm-hmm. ourselves to actually learn to cope with whatever we need to cope, uh, to actually survive whatever is going on. We're just a passenger. We're not taking that control. Like, imagine if a company would do that. Like, like they like, oh, yeah, it's a pandemic. Sorry, nothing to do. A lot of companies are just fighting like how can we do different things different and mm-hmm. that's basically also like if you take it back to you as a person that's also how you have to look at it it's mm-hmm. like okay like regardless of this pandemic am i truly doing everything in my power mm-hmm. to make changes that are required mm-hmm. to survive this mm-hmm. or is yeah. my ego getting in the way or am i just playing uh, play, play game yeah yeah, and it doesn't. It makes a ton of sense. It's also a great opportunity to sort of enable your confidence issues, right? Because oh, it's such a competitive market, and suddenly I feel like I don't compare to all the other applicants. How can I possibly stand out? And then all the self concepts that are self defeating get in the way and rare up as well. Um, but it really is. You have to take the exact same approach that you would if you were in any other market, plus some maybe, plus the consideration of the pivot and. What that means for you, right? Like, I think what the pivot means is partially like, how do you pivot your own pitch and your own positioning? Um, but then it's also, how do you pivot your the strategy, the companies that you're looking for? Um, as we go back to number two, the goals that you're looking to attain right now, right? Maybe you do just your first priority is getting that like buffer income and starting to drive for Uber so that you can then free up a little bit of mental space and look for your next more career-oriented move, right? Um, but maybe that doesn't look the way you expected it to a year ago either. And that's okay because we're all living through this context together as well. It's about accepting you, that that decision and respecting. So accepting that that is an okay decision to make. I think a lot of people, like you said before, like feel that shame about like, okay, if I do this, I'm not going to be accepted by my neighbors or my friends or whatever or my family because it's not really the, the look that I'm going for yeah. but at a certain point it's about self-acceptance and be okay mm-hmm. with the decision that you make that's that's good for you yes I also think we're actually because of this context we're in being so global and so universal we actually kind of have a unique um, permission slip to experiments or to do different things or to um, to do less than we might normally do or to take something that doesn't fit perfectly into our future vision, right? You know, nobody is going to judge you for the things you had to do to survive the year 2020, right? There's going to be a lot of people who are in this position too. Yeah, that will be forgiven. And and that goes not only like if you're in between jobs, but also like if you are in a job, like I was talking to my husband the other day, I think my uh, earphones are going to die. I was talking to my husband the other day and um, my son was at home and walking into a Zoom meeting that he had with other people. And in the beginning, it was like, my husband was like, no, no, he can't do that. It's like, that's okay. Like he will like, it's like that will happen and people will forgive you because this is like the way we roll at the moment yeah yeah exactly gangs all here all the time we're on top of each other we've stopped tiptoeing around each other's zoom calls <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. 
It's like, and, and sometimes I'm on the phone with a client and I say, like, sorry, my kids are at home. It's like, that's normal. And it's not looking, it used to be having a stigma of like, it's unprofessional to have kids, like, you, but it has changed and it's, it's, it's shifted. shifted yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. It sort of brought a lot more of our humanity into um, our corporate, our corporate realm in a way. Yes. Exactly. So I think like self-acceptance and, and being okay with decisions mm -hmm. that you're making to step back or to do things different, uh, mm -hmm. it starts with you being um, okay. So how do we shift that belief mm -hmm. or how can we frame that, Rachel? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's I would probably ask yourself, what are the voices in your head saying? You know, if you were to tell uh, your neighbor or your old boss or your old colleague what you're doing, um, what are you worried that they're thinking of you, right? Uh, yeah. You're gonna stay, and then you kind of want to work on deactivating those things and overcoming them, or just coming to a place of acceptance of them. So, um, you can use EFT for that. Certainly, actually, can be really powerful just to sort of maybe hold that person in mind. If you feel like someone might judge you, and you really value their um, their opinion of you, you could um, tap. Well, you just visualize that person and visualize telling them what you're up to and feel yeah. that sense of shame and embarrassment until it goes away, right? Until you're able to neutralize that. Yeah. That's it. I think a good way to start actually doing before you do the tapping is actually writing down. Uh, like what you said, it's, it's, it's thinking like, okay, I'm on a barbecue and <laughs> my family asked me or my friends asked me, or my best friend asked me, Ah, oh, what are, what are you doing? What are you up to lately? And you just feel that cringe in your stomach, like mm -hmm. uh, say so, and actually working with what comes up, and then uh, yeah, tapping on it. Yes, Definitely. Yeah. huge advocate for writing things down because it does help us to process things in a different way, and so we have new insights when we do that than we might um, if we're just trying to think it through in our heads. Yes, exactly. One other thing that I wanted to share too, which we talked a little bit about in your group, and it's just about how you carry on through these difficult moments, right? When you simply don't feel like it and when you have all the kids at home and the dogs and homeschooling and everything is chaotic and, and whatnot. Um, and I really encourage people to kind of um, analyze their experience, right? So if you have something that you know you need to be doing, and that should be the easiest part of your day, is just sitting down and writing out, maybe here are my three goals, here are the things I need to do to make progress on whatever it is. Um, and you find yourself stalling on it. You find yourself in that space of procrastination or I'll do it later or whatever. You can ask yourself, what is going on with me physically, my physical energy? What is going on in my head, in my mental stories? And what is going on in my emotions? What am I feeling about this thing, right? And yeah. you kind of diagnose where the problem lies, right? Like maybe you are just super fatigued because it is the middle of the day and you have three kids at home, right? And extraordinary <laughs> circumstances. And you need to find a way to pause, reset, take a walk, go to nature, do something that's going to physically restore you. Um, yeah. But maybe it's also in your head. Maybe there's a story running about why you're not qualified for the thing you're about to apply for, et cetera. But try to just pay attention to what's going on in your experience so that you can attend specifically to the problem, right? So yeah. it's physical. There's a myriad ways you can address that. If it's mental, you can sit down, you can do some EFT. And if it's emotional, I recommend EFT or meditation definitely as well. 
I think like those things is like what people haven't done in decades, like really checking in with those mm-hmm. three points. And so because like we live in our heads so so like mm-hmm. so long doing yeah. a job and just like bringing it down. And now we have exposure to a whole new range of emotions that are boiling up. Mm-hmm. And um, in, instead of letting them manifest and then getting you um, sick or depressed or mo- even mm-hmm. more anxious it's like okay what can I do to already make make a little difference or a little dent in it because basically we need you need to take control over how you feel because otherwise it's just going to go uh, in a downward spiral and you're going to sit there in front of your computer screen and procrastinate <laughs> exactly <laughs> you for four hours or something. <laughs> end of the day it's not done Brilliant. Perfect. So let's wrap this up. So thank you so much, Rachel, for today and um, doing this live with me. If you have any questions, guys, uh, reach out to Rachel or myself. Uh, if you want to know more about mindset and performance and EFT, Rachel is uh, is your person. If you're looking more about like, okay, how can I go back into the job market and how can I position myself, uh, you can reach out to, to me and we're more than happy to, to help you. Uh, if if you're not connected with either of us or with uh, or, or with one of us, uh, feel free to connect with me and um, or with Rachel. And uh, if you have any questions, like let us know. Perfect. All Thank right, you, Caroline. Thank you so much, and uh, see you soon, Rachel. Later. Bye. 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 Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Disruptors podcast. If you did, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you want to take the next step in your career and you want to discover how I can help you, head over to my website, newhorizoncoaching.com.au and discover how we can work together or download any of my free resources. Thanks again and I'll connect with you on the next episode.